going to talk on a subject today, and I don't know when you came out, amen, if you had some questions, amen, about the subject of tithing, but uh, we're going to talk, and our subject today is going to be clarity on the subject of tithing. Clarity on the subject of tithing. And I know that that might not sound like an exciting thing to talk about. Uh, but I believe that there are truths in the Word of God that uh, empower and can release blessings. And the Bible said, out of all of your getting, get an understanding. And so I'm going to ask that you would uh, go along with me today as we look at the subject of tithing. Tithing is, uh, in some instances, it can be a controversial subject. Uh, in the past, there have been uh, churches and whole denominations that split over the subject of tithing. There's the debate whether tithing is applicable in the New Covenant or is tithing under the law? Is tithing something that uh, we're still obligated to do or is that something that we're not obligated to do anymore? And like I said, uh, there have been churches that have fell out over the subject of tithing, whole denominations that started up where they moved from one denomination and started their own denomination because they had a, a fallout, falling out over the subject of tithing. And then there are a lot of uh, misconceptions and questions relating to tithing. And so, uh, God bless them. As I began to look at and do some study, I began to get that perspective uh, on tithing that blessed me. And I believe it will bless you. You all ready? Amen. Amen. Let's see if we can bring some clarity Amen. on the subject of tithing. Amen. Tithing, I believe, is that I, I believe as a Christian, every Christian should do it. But you don't. You, you hear me mention tithing here, and want to thank those that support the church uh, with their tithes and with their offerings. And uh, we recognize that you don't have to do what you do. Amen. And so your support is greatly appreciated. Oh yes. Uh, when you look at the statistics about tithing, uh, only a small portion of professing Christians actually tithe. And when you look at the financial records in any church, uh, and there are various reasons, and I'm not here to try to put anybody on a guilt trip or anything like that, amen, we want to bring light to the subject. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. Uh, but as a minister of the gospel, I'm committed to preaching 
only what the Bible teaches clearly. Uh, you know, there are some uh, ministers and preachers that uh, certain things they won't, they won't preach about, they won't tell you, they won't go into the truths of the scripture uh, because they're afraid it's going to hurt their bottom line. I believe that the Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. Tell me the truth. Don't, 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 don't withhold from me. Don't, don't, don't play me. Don't, amen. But give it to me straight. Anybody feel like that? Amen. amen. I, 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 and, and as a minister, I'm committed to uh, uh, clearly uh, to teaching what the Bible clearly uh, teaches. I don't, I don't teach my doubts. Amen. I don't bring up stuff that I haven't looked into and asked God to help me to get an understanding. And there have been times when I've made mistakes. Those that have been uh, members of Bethel for a number of years and who know me, there have been times that when I made mistakes and I found out about it later, I went back and straightened it out. All right. So, uh, from studying the scriptures, it occurred to me that there is more than one way to tithe. In fact, what I'm going to point out to you today is that there are three distinct forms of tithing as practiced in the Bible. And of those three distinct forms of tithing, I believe that only one of them is binding and legitimate upon us as believers today. So, the first form of tithing that we find in the Bible is uh, what I uh, title tithing as a covenant. Can you say that with me? Tithing as a covenant. Amen. This is the first form of tithing uh, that Amen. I see in the scripture. And this form of tithing is most often addressed in the scriptures as tithing as a covenant. It's covenant tithing. The practice of tithing was specific to the nation of Israel as the covenant people of God. And it was part of the Mosaic law. Under the covenant, God promised to materially bless Israel for their obedience and conversely to judge them or to strip them of their prosperity for their disobedience. We find, amen, references to it, and I'm not going to read all of the scriptures, but I'm going to share some scriptures with you. But we find references to it in Deuteronomy 28, and we find it also in Matthew 3, uh, uh, 8 through 12, talking about this first form of tithing that we see practiced in the Bible is called covenant tithing. And uh, let's look at some scriptures uh, that refer to covenant tithing. Uh, we're going to look at Leviticus 30 through 32. And in Leviticus 30 through 32, it says there, and all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. And if
if a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one-fifth to it. And concerning the tithe of the herd or the flock or whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. Leviticus 27 and 30. Amen. We're talking about covenant tithing right now. And the nation of Israel was an agrarian. They, they had farms and livestock and, and what have you. They didn't have a lot of, and I don't even know if paper money existed then. They had, maybe had a few coins. But the majority of what they possessed was in flocks and livestock and so forth. And uh, in under covenant timing, which I believe was directed to the nation of Israel, under covenant timing, God said, amen, uh, whether it's seed trees or fruit trees, or, that it was holy to the Lord. Uh, and, and said, if you kept back part of what was holy unto God, uh, if you borrowed from it or kept back, that uh, you had to pay uh, 20% or one-fifth, add one-fifth to it, which is 20% uh, when you pay back. In, in other words, if you borrowed from the tithe, you paid back, amen, not just only the tithe, but you paid interest on it, which was 20%. Talk about covenant tithe. Say that with the covenant tithe. Amen. And uh, we go to Leviticus uh, 27 and 33. Uh, he shall not inquire whether it is good or bad, nor shall he exchange it. And if he exchanges it at all, then both it and the one exchanged shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. In other words, you couldn't cherry pick. Again, he's talking about, you know, let's say you got a flock and, and, and you're going to give God his tithe. That's what he talked about when it passed under the rod. When that tenth passed under the rod, you couldn't cherry pick to see, was it one of your best or, amen, was it one of your worst? You couldn't cherry pick it. When it passed under the rod, it was God's. And, 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 and if you tried to cherry pick and say, no, no, that, that's too good to give to God. And you got the good one back. Then God said, uh, uh, and replaced it with another. God said, no, you got to give, you, you give me both of them now. <laughs> this is covenant tithing that they're talking about here. Uh, and as I said, amen, earlier, uh, this type of tithing that we're talking about here and that the scripture is addressing is covenant tithing that was Amen. Uh, uh, specific to the nation of Israel. Okay? Amen. Let's look at another one. Let's go to Numbers, the 18th chapter. Because what I find uh, happens is that if we go back into the Old Testament and try to bring stuff from the Old Testament and, and give it a, 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 an application in today's uh, we can come up with some convoluted stuff. Anybody listening to it? Alright, Numbers 18, 21. Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes of Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of me. Hereafter, the children of Israel shall not come near the tabernacle of me lest they bear sin 
and die. But the Levites shall perform the work of the tabernacle of meeting, and they shall bear their iniquity, and it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations that among the children of Israel they shall have no inheritance. Now, this is a this is a different uh, uh, implementation. The tithe, the covenant tithe, belonged to God. But as Israel uh, began to uh, uh, be in the wilderness and, 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 and began to set up a pattern of worship, uh, they had what was called the tent of meeting, and God singled out the tribe of Levi to serve the, the tent of meeting and later on to serve in the tabernacle. And because they were in the service of God, that whole tribe... Uh, when they came over to the promised land, they did not get an inheritance. They did not get any land given to them. And so God apportioned his tithe to the nation of Levi, since it was the, the, uh, the, the, the tribe of Levi, rather, since they were to serve starting out in the tabernacle and later on when the temple was built, uh, they were going to serve there. So they did not have an inheritance of land that was given to them. So God took care of them. You all with me? For the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer up as a heap offering to the Lord, I have given to the Levites as an inheritance. Therefore, I have said to them, among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak thus to the Levites and say to them, When you take from the children of Israel the tithes which I have given you from them as your inheritance, then you shall offer up a heave offering of it to the Lord, a tenth of the tithes. I remember years ago, uh, Coming up in the Church of God of Christ, uh, I remember they were talking about a heave offering. Well, they got that from the Bible, and what the heave offering was, the tribe of Levi, which had no inheritance, was given the tithe to support them. And then when God gave them his tithe to support them, the heave offering was when the tribe of Levi would give a tenth of the tenth that they got to support the high priest. Y'all with me? I know y'all saying, what in the world? <laughs> and your heap offering shall be reckoned to you as though it were the grain of the threshing floor or the fullness of the wine press. Thus you shall also offer a heap offering to the Lord of all the tithes that you receive from the children of Israel. And you shall give the Lord's heap offering from it to Aaron, the priest. So you had the tribe of Levi, which had no inheritance, and they would receive tithes from the nation of Israel. And then they would take a, 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 a heap offering, was a tenth of that tithe, to support Aaron, who was the high priest, or the, high, the office of the high priest. And, and, and so what God was doing, God was setting up a system whereby 
his ministry workers could be supported, those that, amen, uh, took care of the physical needs, amen, of the tent of meeting, and later on translated to uh, the temple. Of all your gifts, you shall offer up every heave offering due to the Lord from all the best of them, the consecrated part of them. In other words, when you give God an offering, you don't give him your worst, you give him your best. <laughs> Therefore, you shall say to them, when you have lifted up the best of it, then the rest shall be accounted to the Levites as produce of the threshing floor and as the produce of wine of the, the wine press. In other words, after you've given that heap offering, you've given that part uh, that God required, you can do what you need to do with the rest to take care of your family and so, and, and, and so on. You may eat of it in any place, you and your households, for it is the reward for your work in the tabernacle of me. See, God doesn't expect you to serve and not be taken care of. You know, that, that principle started in the Old Testament. You shall bear no sin because of it. When you have lifted up the best of it, you shall not profane the holy gifts of the children of Israel lest you die. Now God said, you can take care of your family, you can enjoy it, but God said, don't profane it. Uh, there's, there, there are some principles we can draw from this in that when, when, when uh, people sacrifice and give to support the work of ministry, give to support the leadership, uh, leadership should not take it lightly, uh, the, the, the things that they give, uh, the support that they give, and, 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 and be wasteful or profane or use it for sinful things. Uh, God said, uh, if, if you do that, uh, you can bring death. Amen. God, 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 God is particular about the offering. Hallelujah. Again, remember what I'm talking about. I'm talking about covenant time, which was uh, primarily to the nation of Israel. Amen. Primarily to the nation of Israel. Uh, now, what I want to make mention of when we talk about covenant tithing, I believe that this model of tithing, I believe that this model of tithing really has no direct relevance for us today as New Testament believers. Y'all hear me? You see, in Christ, we're not living under the old covenant. We're living under the new covenant. And in fact, the Bible said it's a better covenant. Now, there are some principles that are universal. And when I say some principles that are universal, amen, uh, and, and, and we got scripture in the New Testament, uh, muscle not the ox to tread out the corn. Those that uh, live by the gospel should be supported by the gospel. We've got New Testament application of the principles, but uh, we don't have to really go back into the Old Testament uh, and, 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 and draw from the example of covenant tithing because I believe that, amen, 
what God established in, in, in the Mosaic law in covenant tithing uh, related specifically to the situation that the nation of Israel was in and to the needs and the demands of that day. And so our lives are not governed by uh, uh, the, uh, uh, you, you know, we don't, do, we don't do a lot of preaching in the book of Levi. And, and, and don't get me wrong, Levi is the word of God, but there are a lot of regulations and rules and, 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 and things there that are not applicable to our day. And in fact, in Galatians 5 and 18, I said we are uh, under, we're, we're in a new covenant, a better covenant. Galatians 5 and 18 says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. There's a difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old Covenant prepared, amen, us for uh, what God was going to do, amen, in the New Covenant. You're with me? Hebrews 8 and 7. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. There were limitations with the first covenant. And in the book of Hebrew, the writer of Hebrew says, for if the first covenant had been perfect, then there would be no need to have a second. You're all with me? Because see, sometimes people say, well, you're criticizing the Bible. No, I'm not. I'm trying to interpret the Bible. I'm not criticizing it. But amen, the Bible itself says that there's a difference between the new covenant and, and, and the old covenant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 8 9. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because I did it, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. Now that's finishing up the thought there uh, about the need for a new covenant. And, 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 and the thing that God said is they didn't keep the old covenant anyway. Notice what he said there. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they did not continue in my covenant. And I disregarded them, says the Lord. Verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And that's a difference between under the old covenant, uh, uh, which they didn't keep very well and, and it had its limitations. God said, I'm going to do a new thing. And in doing the new thing, uh, uh, they're not going to be under the, the, the old system. The new system, God said, is that uh, I'm going to put my law, I'm going to put it in their minds. I'm going to put it in their hearts. 
And, 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 and again, those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Hallelujah. Verse 11 and 12. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and, and none of his brothers saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. God is saying, I want to make this thing personal. I want to make this personal. I want to, I want to have a personal relationship with them. And, and, and in having a personal relationship with them, uh, and, and, and you know what? Amen. We're living so far beneath our privilege. Yeah. Amen. We're living so far beneath our privilege. Amen. God desired for us to be, uh, uh, God desired for Israel in the old covenant for them to be kings and priests. And when God wanted to speak to them, amen, they said, oh no, we, we don't want to hear. Uh, we don't want to hear God uh, speak to Moses and we'll hear from Moses. And God gave them what they wanted. And they still didn't uh, 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 keep the covenant and follow Moses. Well, in the new covenant, God is saying, I'm going to put my laws in their minds and in their hearts. And, 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 and I'm going to lead them by my spirit. And, 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 and none of them shall uh, none of them shall teach his neighbor and none of his brothers saying know the Lord do you know what that scripture right there is saying that scripture right there is saying uh, that uh, it's my job to make sure that you know God for yourself y'all hear that you're supposed to know God for yourself a lot of you all amen and, and you don't maybe say it outwardly, but you depend on me to do the study. You depend on me to have a word from God for you. That's a lot of strain on me. That's a lot of pressure. And what the word is saying there is that you're supposed to be walking. God said, I'm putting it in your mind. I'm putting it in your heart. I'm, I'm dealing with you. Amen. And, and nobody should have to come to tell you a word for you. Amen. If anything, I need to be uh, uh, confirming the word that you already know is for you. I, I, I should be confirming it. Not surprising you with it. Hallelujah. My God. When new covenant Believers. Verse 13. In that he says, a new covenant he has made. The first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Is that the Bible? Is that in the Bible? Hebrews 8 13. Is that in the What did he say about the, the old? Absolutely. Do you do you all not know that there are a lot of churches that are basing uh, their position and, 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 and their doctrinal time and they're basing the whole thing on something that the word of God says obsolete. Covenant tithing is obsolete. Hallelujah. Anybody get anything? I said there are three forms that I see in the Bible of tithing. The first form was covenant tithing. Let's talk about the second form. 
The second form of tithing that I see in the Bible is uh, tithing as a form of legalism. Say that with me. Tithing as a form of what? Legalism. The Bible also describes a second kind of tithing that is also condemnable. And I fear that it's far too common. Tithing is a form of legalism. In Jesus' day, it was the religious leaders who practiced this perversion of Israel's covenant tithe. So they perverted the covenant tithe and turned it into uh, tithing as a form of legalism. And uh, Christ, what, uh, Christ had something to say about it. And amen, when we look at the word of God in Matthew 23 and 23, in Matthew 23 and 23, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you paid the tithe of the men and Annas and Cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out a net and swallow a camel. Amen. That is uh, verse 24. Uh, I remember growing up and reading the Bible and that, that, that right there, that saying of Jesus, blind guides. Blind guides. He said when the blind lead the blind, they both end up in the ditch. And, 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 and can you get that, can you get that word picture that Jesus uses? You strain out the gnat, but you swallow the camel. Got to strain them. Make sure no gnats is in we, 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 we can't, and, and you use a strainer to strain out the net, and then you just plop a big old camera, and you swallow it. He's using uh, hyperbole uh, or exaggeration, but he's doing it to make a point. This is legalistic tithing that we're talking about here. Amen. And uh, you see, in his relationship with Israel, God's relationship with Israel, God intended the tithe to be an avenue of blessing. But the religious leaders of Jesus' day, the religious manipulators, turned the blessing into a bird. And instead of expressing faithfulness to God, and oneness of heart with God and ministry uh, uh, for the poor, the tithe became little more than a means of satisfying religious obligations. And there are some people that today, the form of tithing that they do is tithing as a form of legalism. Amen. There are some churches that they will, they keep a list of all the tithes. And, and if you don't tithe, or if you're a member of that church and, and, and you don't tithe on a regular basis, amen, they'll, they'll, they'll put a list up, or they'll, you know, some kind of way put a list up that uh, you're out of compliance. That's tithing as legalism. You won't be a member in good standing if you don't tithe on a regular basis. 
That's tithing as legalism, an obligation. I want to go back to that scripture, Matthew 23, 23 and 24. Woe to you. Do you know what the word woe means? Destruction. Now it's not just a warning. It means destruction. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay the tithe. Out of obligation, you pay the tithe. Amen. I, I, that word carries uh, uh, meaning to me. Amen. They're, they're doing it out of obligation. They're doing it because uh, they feel like that uh, it's the thing that I'm obligated to do. To fulfill uh, religious obligation. But such but, but if you if you are tithing legalistically uh, out of obligation, what happens is that once you fulfill that obligation, satisfaction can lead to pride. Oh yeah. I, 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 I did my part. I fulfilled my obligation. And in the end, it restricts giving. After all, once our obligations are satisfied, what more could God want? And it's no wonder that Jesus strongly denounces legalistic tithing. Luke 18 and 9. Luke 18 and 9. And he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. You all know that parable? And the Pharisee, when he prayed, amen, he said, I thank God I'm not like this public. I fast twice a week. I pay my tithes. I, 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 you know, I, I, I. Since of entitlement and pride, I fulfilled my religious obligation. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus to himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Extorters, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector, fast twice a week, I give tithes of all I possess. Legalistic giving, fulfilling an obligation, smug with pride. What did the What did the publican do? The Bible said he wouldn't even lift his head up, but he just said, "Lord." Be merciful to me a sinner. And Jesus said, he was the one who left there justified. Legalistic tithing will not get you anywhere with God. Oh, does anybody hear what I'm saying? It, 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 it puffs up instead of humbles. You think you're better than somebody because you can fulfill your obligation. That's a, so the first form of tithing that many scriptures in the Bible refers to is covenant tithing, which I believe was directed specifically to the nation of Israel. Amen. Due to the situation, the circumstances, 
uh, uh, and, and the need, and, and God responded to it, amen, uh, uh, with the nation of Israel. The covenant tithing was under the old covenant. They perverted covenant tithing and changed it into uh, legalistic tithing. And that's the second form of it, and Jesus condemns that. Now there's a third form of tithing. You remember I started out the message saying, I believe every Christian should tithe. Every Christian should be a tithe. And it is the third form of tithing that I want to talk about, amen, in the time that we have left. And it's called tithing as worship. And I'm here to tell you that tithing as a form of worship did not start uh, under the Old Covenant and the Mosaic Laws. It predates it. Hallelujah. In the scripture, tithing as worship was practiced prior to both the establishment of tithing as a covenant and the perversion of tithing is legalism. The principle of tithing as worship was before the institution of the law of Moses. It was established in the book of Genesis. In the 14th chapter, amen, where Abram gave a tenth, amen, of the, the plunder that he got from the defeat of the kings of Sodom, amen, he gave a tenth or a tithe to Melchizedek, the king of Salem. And in turn, Melchizedek blesses Abel, whose name later became known as Abraham. Now let me say something real quick, and those of you that study your Bible, you know that Melchizedek was a pre-incarnate form of Jesus Christ. Right. Amen. He had, they had no record of his mother, they had no record of his father. Amen. Uh, he was he was both a priest and a king. And when God blessed Abraham, amen, in the battle with the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah and, and gave him the victory, amen, Melchizedek met Abram with bread and with wine. And Abram recognized something about this man. And he gave tithes to Melchizedek as an offering of worship. In the book of Hebrews, I don't have time to read all of the scriptures, but in the book of Hebrews, the seventh chapter, verses 1 through 10, it defines the significance of the act, declaring that it is the superior who blesses the inferior. And the inferior who pays tithes to the superior. In other words, Abraham recognized, amen, he, he recognized the son to Melchizedek. He's not just an ordinary, and, 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 and I'm at a lower level than he is. I'm at a lower level than he is. The one who's at the higher level is the one who bestows the blessing. The one who at the lower level is the one who gives tithes. You all see that? Talking about tithing as worship. Tithing as worship then is first an act by which we acknowledge that God 
It is both our superior as sovereign Lord, and He is the source of all our blessings. In other words, amen, uh, 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 as believers, as New Testament believers, as Christians, we, 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 we shouldn't get, amen, caught in covenant tithing or, amen, uh, uh, tithing is legal. Amen. What, whatever we give, and, and, and a lot of times we don't think about it, amen, we say, okay, we're going we're gonna to move to another portion of the service. We're going to, amen, uh, change the order of the service. Amen. We've been praising God, worshiping, praising. We're going to change the order. We're going to take up the offering. Like it's another... You know, let, let's, let's get this out of the way. So we can get back to service. But when, I, when, 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 when you look at the scriptures and you understand timing is worship. Yes. Amen. It's not another part of the service. It's a continuation of the service. Yes. It's not changing the order. It's in order. Yes. And when you approach your giving as worship, Amen. Some of us wonder why we don't get more out of our giving. I think because, amen, we treat our giving like we're paying bills. Instead of worshiping God. Hallelujah. Oh my God. Tithing is worship. Does more than acknowledge God. It expresses our personal allegiance to Him. We see this in Genesis 28 verses 10 through 22. Amen. In Genesis 28, verses 10 through 22, uh, God reveals himself to Jacob in a dream. And in response, the patriarch vows, the Lord shall be my God. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. When Jacob had a revelation, remember me, I read that, where he went to sleep. And, and he saw that ladder that reached up to heaven. And he saw angels ascending and descending. And when he woke up, he said, God is in this place. And he acknowledged God and said, Lord, thank you for what you've shown me. Thank you. And, 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 and I, in acknowledging you, I'm going to give a tenth, a full tenth of everything that you give me. I'll give you a full, a full tenth back to you. Abraham recognized that God was his source. And that it was only right for him to give back to God. Hallelujah. You see, for Jacob, the tithe of worship became a natural expression of his decision to follow God, the God of his fathers, in the same way. Amen. The tithe of worship becomes almost an instinctive way for us to express our allegiance to God, the God of our salvation. Hallelujah. It should come from a glad heart. I'm talking about. Uh, uh, see, sometimes we do the right thing. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Amen. I, I, I appreciate those that have supported uh, the church with your tithes and offering. I, I, I'm not trying to minimize that. But it's my job, amen, uh, uh, to give revelation and light because I want you to be blessed in whatever you give. Yeah. Right. I want you to receive the blessing. Amen. Not that I desire that fruit may abound to, amen. Uh, not that I desire guilt, but I desire that fruit may abound to your account. Yes. Hallelujah. And there are some churches that, and, and some ministries that won't teach this because, amen, they're content to have you. Amen. Uh, covenant tithing. And they're content to have you. Amen. 
uh, uh, tithing as uh, legalism. As long as the money's coming in, but I stand by the statement, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Third and critical element of tithing is worship, is thanksgiving. That's why God said, amen, he loves a cheerful giver. Amen. He, 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 he will not be without a cheerful giver. Amen. Uh, the, amen. Tithing and giving offerings as worship, amen, is not a sad affair. It ought to be a glad affair. It expresses the overflowing gratitude toward God. It breaks us free from guilt as a motivation for giving. Some preachers try to manipulate, amen, and try to make you feel guilty. Amen. Uh, uh, I've been in services where they try to make you feel guilty and manipulate. Amen. Whatever I had and was going to give, I put it back in my pocket. Not going to receive a blessing for that. And I'm not falling for it. Anybody know what I'm saying? I ain't falling for it. It's ultimate focus is on the condition of one's heart, not the percentage of one's income. How are we to show our gratitude to God other than by giving back a portion? And if 10% is considered the acceptable portion by God as an expression of our gratitude, then why should we view it any differently today? Now, if we consider 10% the benchmark, one writer said it like this, tithing is the training wheels of giving for the believer. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be stuck at 10%. I want God to bless me, amen, where I can give more and more and be a great blessing. Because the more I'm able to be a blessing and the more I give, amen, the, 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 the more I have. Do you, any of y'all go out to eat at restaurants? How many go out to eat? Do y'all know what the benchmark is for tipping? What the suggested percentage is for tipping. They start from 15 to 20%. Is the suggested amount. Uh, I remember uh, eating in one restaurant where they automatically took out the gratuity. Where, where if you had a group of so, over so many, whatever, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't let you figure out what you wanted to give. They took it out. And, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, I don't know if Andrew remember, we went to one place where we were eating and, and it took out, I think it was almost 18%. Took it right off the top. Added it to the, to, to the, uh, the check. Those of you that go out, what do you, what, do you, what, what is the tip for? Yeah, just to Amen. Uh, for the service that was rendered. And you realize that the, the server, many times, they're not making adequate wage. They, they, they're below minimum wage. And, and, and they have to survive on those tips to ensure prompt service. To ensure prompt service. And I don't know about you, but when I go to a place and I order a meal, uh, now, if I drive up to McDonald's one oh, no. I don't tip. <laughs> uh, That's true. You know, White Castles. 
I don't tip. But if I go somewhere, sit down, and they got real china, and, and they come and serve you, and when your glass is empty, they fill it up again. When your glass is empty, they fill it up again. Amen. They see to it that when your coffee cup is empty, they, they, they fill it up again, and what have you. Uh, and, and your experience in dining can be affected by the quality of the service. And so, when I receive superior service, I try to do the best I can and give them a tip. Anybody like that? Amen. Try to make sure I give them a tip. Amen. Well, if I do that to ensure proper service for a meal, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he has done for me, when my cup gets empty, he fills it up again. Every morning, he wakes me up afresh. Amen. To see a new day. And, and, and with a portion of health and strength. Do, do you understand? Amen. I'm not paying a bill when I give. Amen. I, I, the, the, the psalmist said, what shall I render unto God for all his benefits unto me? I worship. When I give. Amen. You should be worshiping when you give. Yes. Amen. We got a container, a, a, a collection container, amen. And, and it could be one of the children or it could be one of the ushers that's holding the container, amen. But when you give and put it in the container, amen, it's not, you're not giving to them or, or don't just think in terms of, I'm going to help them to keep their lights on. And I'm going to help them get some money so they can repair. And, and I'm going to help them be able to upgrade. Amen. But amen, you're worshiping and giving to God. Yes. Amen. Yes. And I want to say this again. It needs to be said. Amen. Ultimately, tithing as worship isn't about percentages. Amen. No, no, nobody's going to make a list. And, 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 and I'm not going to go check a list and see, amen, uh, 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 what your percentage of giving is. It shouldn't be about that. It should be about the overflow of one's heart. Amen. A heart of love. And you know what I found out? When you love, amen, just like God said, I'm going to, uh, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither have it into the hearts of men. What I've got. Amen. When, when, when what we do flows out of love, it'll be enough. Yes. It'll be enough. Yes. The budget will be met. It'll be enough. Yes. Amen. And, 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 and sometimes you'll give more than 10%. Amen. Come on. Again, it must be said, tithing is worship. Isn't about the percentage of your income, but it's about the overflow of one's heart. Second yes. Corinthians eight and five, and not only as we hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then to us by the will of God. Some of y'all remember the scripture we read Amen, at the beginning. Our congregational reading from Second uh, Corinthians the eighth chapter, where Paul talks about the grace upon the Macedonian church. A, a church that didn't have a lot of resources, a church that didn't have a lot of wealth. But, amen, when the need had gone out for the saints at Jerusalem, when the need had gone out because of a, 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 a natural disaster had occurred in the land, and, and, and they needed 
uh, uh, the saints to come together to support him. Amen. The church of Macedonia uh, gave beyond what they were able. Not only, he said, not only is behold, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. And in 2 Corinthians 8 and 12, there it says, For if there is first a willing mind, yeah. it is accepted according to what uh, it is accepted according to what one has, yes. and not according to what one does not have. Yes. Let me say it again. For if there is first a willing mind, in other words, God's looking at the heart. God's looking at the mind. Amen. It's not about the percentage. Don't get hung up on the percentage. He wants a cheerful giver. Amen. And, 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 and do you not know if you have a willing heart and don't have enough to where you can give like you want to give, God will get it to you. Oh, does anybody hear what I'm saying? God will get it to you. If you got a willing heart, say, Lord, I want to be a blessing. I, I want my life to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing to, amen, the church that uh, where I feed and, and the word feeds me. I want to be a blessing, amen. It starts first with a willing heart, amen. And then, amen, uh, 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 and, and God said, don't worry about not being accepted. You're accepted. Yes. You're accepted. Yes. Not according to what one does not have, but according to what one has. Hallelujah. Tithing as worship. Tithing is worship. Do you all get any clarity, a little more clarity today? On tithing. 